Hey everyone, welcome to episode 18 of the Solving Problems Podcast, where we help you use story to reach more people and grow your church. If we haven't met, my name is Jonathan Caron, and I'm the host of the show. I am joined, as always, by Kyler Nixon, our co-host. And Kyler, today you were actually like super surprised by this interview. I am, yeah. I, I've known uh, our, our guest, Eric, for a little bit, just through the StoryBrand community. But when you sent me over the, the recording and I listened through it, I was just blown away. It's it's probably, I think I told you this, it's probably my favorite episode that we've ever had on any of the three seasons so far. Super practical and just really like speaks to a common problem that I think a lot of churches have. I've told a lot of people about this episode, so I'm excited to get it out there. And um, what we're talking about today is planning teaching series and what goes into that and how they do and another way to do it using the story brand framework and thinking through the idea of how to be your church's guide instead of being their hero. And Kyler, you did you're not big into that side of things. You've never been on the service planning side. So as you heard today's interview, what did you think? Yeah. So like you mentioned, I'm uh, typically in the execution side. Like I see the end result, the end of all the meetings, and I'm the one that's actually just kind of, you know, putting together artwork or, you know, executing something relating to the sermon series. So it was really interesting to see how they kind of formulate that based on, like you mentioned, what do our, what does our hero need right now? And then how are we as the guide positioned to, to uniquely help them rather than just kind of throwing something out? This is what I think our church needs. They actually look at data. They take, you know, they speak to people and they say, what do we, what do our people need right now? And then how is, how can we as a teaching series and a teaching team, like equip them to go out and continue, uh, you know, this, this part of the race, if you will. Because planning a teaching series week after week and month after month gets super tedious and like it or not, and we can have this debate somewhere else, most of our weekend services are built around what our teaching team is doing. So today we're talking with Eric Williams, who's the communications director of Cedar Creek Church in Toledo, Ohio. Uh, And we talked to him about what their process looks like. They're a large multi-site church, but the process that they use to put together teaching series is really interesting and is one that I think really helps the church play the guide. Uh, before taking on the comms director role there, he was student ministries pastor on multiple multiple levels, um, central location, executives, and at a local campus level. So um, Eric's been in a lot of different roles. He's a story brand certified guide like me and Kyler. And um, so we just look at how they use the story brand framework. And most importantly, we look at just the idea of being their guide and meeting people where they are and helping them get to what they want to become. So that's the big idea. I love this episode, like Kyler said. Um, I have referenced it in conversations with other pastors since I've had, since we recorded it. But uh, I really think you're going to enjoy it today. But before we do that, Kyler, I'm going to ask you to do the weekly disclaimer. Yeah. So we are not affiliated or employed by StoryBrand. Uh, we are StoryBrand certified guides, which means that we have spent a week in Nashville with Don Miller and his team learning the StoryBrand framework and then helping organizations like yours uh, implement it throughout their their church. But this podcast and myself and Jonathan are not um, employed or, or affiliated by StoryBrand. So with the boring technical stuff out of the way, we're going to bring the dance music back. And then our conversation with Eric is on the other side. And we're back with Eric. Eric, go ahead and say hey to everybody. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Thanks for having me. 
Hey, before we get too deep into the actual story brand process, can you give us a little context just about your church? Uh, do you guys have a single main communicator? Is it a teaching team? Um, so what's the ideal for you all? Yeah, so we are a multi-site church in Northwest Ohio, um, centered around Toledo or about, you know, maybe an hour, sh- hour shy of Detroit. Um, but we have six locations. We have a broadcast location and five satellites. All of our campuses get a feed from one main communicator, and he teaches, you know, I would say probably 75% to 80% of the weekends. And then from there, we have other communicators that will teach from the um, from the broadcast campus. And then maybe two or three times a year, we'll have local campuses carry uh, individual messages. But the vast majority of time, if you come to our church, you are seeing a message that is broadcast from our central location. So one of the things you and I talked about before we actually press record is that we want to make sure that as people listen to today's episode, we're talking about the ideal world for you guys. When things are clicking perfectly, what we're talking about is what happening. It, what is happening. But the real world with churches is that stuff happens and you get off schedule and, or the pastor decides, Hey, we actually need to do this instead. So it throws your schedule off. So we just want to make sure that as we talk through these things today, everyone listening knows like, this is the ideal. If you're not doing this right now, that doesn't mean you're anything less of a church or that you need to do something better. It's just, this is when, when Cedar Creek is working at its fullest potential, this is what's going on. Yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, I'll share it with you, but like, I, I don't know if any of your listeners are the same way. I hate sitting in a conference or listening to a, a podcast and hearing somebody tell some ungodly, you know, schedule that they have. And you're going like, this isn't real. Even though it's like the first thing I send to my lead pastor, like, oh, see, see, they're six months out, you know, they're a year <laughs> in advance. But the reality is when Christmas comes, when Easter comes, when certain people are, are on their, you know, two week vacations, if someone's taking a sabbatical, um, if someone gets sick, they're like when key people go down or key times of the year, uh, you know, some schedules have to be adjusted. So in the ideal world, how far out are you planning your, ser- your teaching series? So ideally we are a, uh, we, we do kind of a quarterly look at things. So we always want to be the next quarter kind of locked down and feeling good about where that next quarter is going to be. And then two quarters out, we want to be dreaming about what that looks like. So right now, June should end the first half of the year, the second quarter of the year. So we are, we we have a pretty good roadmap, what the next uh, three months or so looks like. And we are dreaming about what those last three months of the year uh, look like. So we have, we have series done all the way um, up until October, October, November, December, we're dreaming. We're kind of putting ideas. We're still in kind of the wow phase and, and collecting some ideas. But July, August, September, those those we have uh, topics, nail, concepts, titles. Some of them have artwork. Some of them just have concepts. But we kind of try to keep that quarterly schedule. And so when will you have October, November, December ready to go by? Uh, July. So we will have a meeting. So what we, and again, this is in the ideal with everybody's schedules, but in July, uh, my team, which is comprised of the visual media team, that's video, uh, graphics, um, communications, you know, anybody involved in kind of the service programming world will meet without the lead pastor, but we will meet with our, like our next steps, our ministries, whatever your, you know, a discipleship 
team would be. We would meet with like the head of that team that's involved in kind of the outside of the weekend experience stuff. And we'll meet together and say, hey, here's what's coming up. Um, this is what we need to start locking down. Here's what we're now going to propose to our lead pastor. And then ultimately we, we pitch it um, to the lead pastor and, you know, the executive team. And they make that final decision of, yep, that we like that concept. We like that title. That's great. You're approved to start developing. So then we'll start to develop those things as we get closer. And we can talk about those timelines too. So in terms of the general teaching ideas, do, does your lead pastor give you the ideas and then you guys put the packaging around it or what's that look like? A little bit of both. So when we're, when we're meeting out um, kind of at the beginning of the year, uh, most of our series fit within months. There are some that will go a little bit more than a month, you know, so we're looking at like four to five week series at the time, just because it's really a lot easier for us date wise. You know, when Easter comes, when Christmas comes, sometimes that adjusts things. But we'll look and we'll say, um, you know, we really did this analytic and data driven. We, we look and we say like, when are all of our new families coming in? That's how we know we have a lot of new people. When, uh, you know, what, what are we doing um, in the season of life? So like right now we're, uh, we're recording this kind of end of May, early June and going and like, I don't know about you, but with little kids at home and kids in school, May stinks. It is terrible. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, get us to summer. You know what I mean? And so thinking through where are our people going to be in that season? So we'll plan that out for the year and kind of give big ideas of what we want to do. Then we overlay, um, you know, when do we want to push for our groups? When are we pushing for, for missions? When are we pushing for people to go through, um, you know, our growth track, which is our discipleship type of, you know, our, our spiritual, sorry, our spiritual development type model um, and lay those over. And with those factored in, that's where, where our, our service programming team will start pitching what we want to do. The X factor in there is kind of the, we call it like the, the room for the Holy Spirit, if you will. We all obviously mm-hmm. believe in the spirits and the planning, but at the same time, you know, when our lead pastor or our executive team says, guys, uh, like in our area, the opioid epidemic is crazy, is, is a crazy problem that we have. We got to talk about something along the lines of addiction and recovery. Great. Where can we put that in? Or um, like two years ago when the election was was really big, we did a series called uh, uh, The End of the World. You know, or The End is Near, I think it was called. You know what I mean? And we like kind of talked about uh, some of that stuff. So some things come in that 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 trump the uh, oh wow <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> no pun some things come in that that take precedent over what it is that we think strategically makes makes the most sense you know for instance like uh, our founding pastor is coming back at the end of july so it's like yeah hey, we're gonna do like a family reunion week for that because a lot of our longtime people are gonna want to see him again and things so yeah there's always little things that we we drop in there but I think it's it's the, my my job as the service programming director um, is the guy who's in charge of that is to kind of lay up here here's here's a good plan strategically and then allow allow the spirit allow everybody else's perspective to work into that to adjust as we need it so it's really your your planning is it's not just one guy coming up with hey I want to teach about this and you go fix it you guys actually do a full team scheduling and dreaming and it's a team process yeah and not only do we involve our so I know like some churches there it's it's their lead pastor because that's you know that's the model you have is is lead pastor is going to carry and he's whoever your primary communicator is needs to be behind it so he or she is going to be the one that's going to 
carry that. In other places, it's like, okay, you've got your creative director, so to speak. You know, your Don Draper of the church world is going to be coming up with all the ideas. For us, it's a little bit of a mix of all where we have some of our creatives in there that are really in the, um, you know, looking and seeing what are some of the other churches doing? What are some of the cool things that, that we could do? Creative ideas. What is the lead pastor and the primary communicator feeling? But also we found it's very key to involve like our adult ministries, our next steps, people as well who are who now have to take the presentation that we have on the weekends and have to help people connect that through the week. So, you know, if we're just building that in isolation and and we're not making it easy for uh, our next steps teams to now say, okay, we're talking about this on the weekend. Here's how you live it out throughout the week. Here's how you apply it. Here's how you take it and, and really go kind of Monday through Friday um, in your life. Like, so having their perspective has been key to help us not just try to be the coolest thing around, but ultimately try to develop things that are going to help people take practical next steps in their lives, wherever they're at. That's a really cool approach. And I wish more churches did that, but I understand why they don't. So that's just me being my my opinion. Well, it's not, I mean, it's not easy. Like you, no, you, it's not. you have to break down silos. You have to build trust. And a lot of times on both sides, you have to, you have to sacrifice your preferences. And, and that, I mean, if, if I were to say that that works all the time, no, it definitely doesn't. You know, there's, there's, there's a, uh, we call it heated fellowship. There's heated fellowship. There's, <laughs> there's fist pounding. There's, you know, Hey, you know, people get red in the face, but at the end of the day, it's like, Okay, we somebody makes a decision and and we go with what what we think God is leading us to in order to best help people take those next steps. That's really cool. When you guys are coming up with the the series. So let's switch we've talked about kind of just the setting the foundation. So let's switch to story brand a little bit. Yeah. When you're when does StoryBrand come into the process? Is it, do you use it for the general idea that like as you formulate the series or is it only in the, um, the communications process of it? Well, so you and I both being, you know, StoryBrand evangelists, so to speak, uh, understanding that confusion is the enemy. I, I hope we can put that to the side real quick because I'm going to get a little confusing here. We, okay. st- we, we have application for StoryBrand um, at almost every level. So, uh, you know, we kind of look at that character want or whatever, you know, what do you need and those problems throughout the year. So we found out data wise that in, in June, we have the, the fewest new families signing up, fewest new families coming through. So we know we could kind of take out of that. Oh, and our attendance, it's not the lowest in June. So it's not like we're just naturally getting less people. We look at that, we go, okay, so what are we seeing in June? We are seeing we are seeing churched people attend. Not a lot of new people, but churched people. So what do they want in June? And we start to explore and go, we just talked about May being just this horrible month. And June even is kind of tough because you got so many graduation parties and people are now starting to do vacations and camps and blah, 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 blah. So what is it that I want in June if we if we see that? That's where we go for. Then if we back up a step, we, we story branded for our whole church and decided that uh, the people coming through our whole church they ultimately their their number one want is connection. They want to they want to be connected to each other. They want to or to other people. They want to be connected to God and they want to be connected to their purpose. So the God thing, you know, because we're mostly a, a church for unchurched people, it's like they they want to be connected to some higher power, right? There's something more than themselves, right? Great. So if I want connection globally and then seasonally, what I'm looking for is these are mostly churched people. 
and they're in kind of an overwhelming situation, that's where we start to come up with now the current series that we're going to be running in June is called Refresh. And so we're kind of taking this idea of digging into the want for people. They want to be refreshed because, man, the school year was so tough because summer is starting because mentally, physically, and spiritually, I'm exhausted. Um, and so that's where we, we dig into that as refresh becomes now uh, part of the plan that's going to help them, you know, this teaching series essentially. And then from there, we know that these people are going to be mostly churched. So we want to walk through uh, a book of the Bible. And so we're, we've picked this series um, that we're going through right now is going to be a series going through Philippians, talking about recovering some of that physical, mental, and spiritual joy in order to help people uh, launch into the next season. Wow. That's that's story brand on steroids, and I love it. Um <laughs> So as you go through this process, obviously, you've now figured out what the character wants, and you've formulated your series around that. Um, are the are each individual week's step like part of your plan, or what does that look like? Yeah, great. Again, and this is the in the ideal, because there's sometimes where, um, you know, I'm I'm kind of the vision carrier for StoryBrand in our in our organization. You know, I'm, I'm certified guide, everything like that. So I'm the one that's carrying that vision. Not, I don't expect everybody else around me to carry that vision too. Um, so I'm just using that as a framework. I think I talk to people about it. Like it's, it's a recipe, you know, sometimes you need a little bit of this, sometimes you don't, Mm -hmm. but you don't need to be slave to the system. So sometimes those weeks feel real nicely into the plan, um, or feel real nicely into, you know, that's the plan we're going to give people is week one. We're going to help you refresh uh, mentally week two. We're going to help you refresh spiritually week three. We're going to help you refresh with your friends week four. We're going to help you, you know, Sometimes that's perfect. Other times, it's it just doesn't fit quite as well. So the plan becomes uh, attend, you know, attend every week of the series, uh, get connected into a group, and then you know whatever step three is for the for the success kind of thing. So sometimes the plan is is based on the week. Sometimes the plan is um, based on those things. But other times we take the week, and the week becomes part of the elements uh, of success or the elements that we're avoiding failure. So, you know, hey, week one, um, well, let me go this way. Like week three, we're, we're going to talk about how to be refreshed with others around you and friends and things like that. And so that becomes a success piece where we're talking about, hey, if you, if, if you take time to refresh yourself spiritually, then you, the relationships with your friends are going to be better. Right. So now that's kind of a little bit of a success piece or you could go the other way to avoid failure. You know, so if you're talking about other kind of relationships, it's like, hey, if you take this principle from Philippians 1, 6, that God is going to complete this work that he started when you depend on God, as opposed to depending on yourself, you're avoiding the, you know, the failure that comes with believing that you can do it all or the failure that comes with depending on someone else to save you when that that's putting unnecessary expectations on them. Um, so we can, we could go that way as well. It really depends on the series on how, how much we use the story brand process to formulate it. But what we found is when we do it right, it helps get everybody on the same page. So that way our graphic artists and our video team know the win that we're going for with the series. That way our, if we're doing multiple different teachers, they know the win we're going for the series, our campus pastors, the people that deliver the announcements, the people that are talking about it online and promoting it, they kind of know this is what we're what we're going for in the series and they're equipped with that. We'll get back to the interview with Eric in just a second, but if you and your team 
are looking for the clarity that Eric's been talking about, if you're looking for that unifying value system or win so that your whole team is on board, that starts with making sure you're on the same page, using the same language and processing things the same way. I would love to help you and your church understand that and learn the story brand process more, just like Eric has been the story brand evangelist for his church. If you're interested in that, head over to hirejonathan.com, fill out the form, and we'll get talking about how we can partner together to transform your communications process and get everyone on the same team. That's hirejonathan.com so that you can unify your team and have a constant vision for success and make sure everyone is running the right direction. But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the interview with Eric and learn how his church has implemented StoryBrand even more. I think that's my favorite part of StoryBrand because like, there's there's all the things you can do with StoryBrand, but ultimately, I think it helps you clarify, which is what, the, it's what they go for. It's, it's clarity. It brings clarity to the entire team and has a framework around, hey, this is what our goal is. It unifies a vision and sets a clear expectation of what the goal is so that an entire team can run around it. Right, right. And it, it helps cut down some of the, um, I mean, you'll always have this kind of dissension, but it helps cut down some of the preferences and say, well, I think this series is going to do this, or I think this, I would rather this series do this. And instead of that, you're going like, hey, this is what we're rallying around what this series is going to do. Because you could, if, if I just, if I took all your listeners and said, hey, we're going to do a series on Philippians, what would you call it? What would you do? I mean, we would get millions of different responses ba- based on what you could do with Philippians, where because you could go. Because of our millions it. of listeners, too. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or just like 10 people would all have 100,000 ideas because they're really that, smart. That, too. <laughs> but, it is the church. Right. I mean, you would have this this number of different things and all based of our, on our preferences and our gifting and our skills. But this helps us unify and go, all right, we're going to rally around this. This is the need. This is the type of person we're going for. So like in June, typically throughout the year, we are not, we are not doing very insider focused messages where we're going, uh, you know, verse by verse or chapter by chapter. That's just not what we do normally. But in June, we're going, yep. We are doing we are doing this style because this is the type of person that's coming through the door, and this is the type of person we're trying to reach. Here's the character we're trying to reach, and this is the best way we can establish being the guide and not trying to usurp them and be the hero. And with that clarity, it just makes things run smoother. With yeah. with a defined goal, like so many things we do in the church world, we don't necessarily have a defined goal because it's hard to define what a win is when we're talking about eternity and spiritual things. Yeah. And then when you, when you go through it and you go like, well, I didn't like that programming element or I didn't like that piece. It's like, based on what, when you can point it back to that goal, if it's, if it matches with the goal, everybody goes, okay, that was a win. You know what I mean? It may not have been a win if it was a different goal, but this was the goal for us. Right. It may not have been a win with Jonathan's preferences of what I would have wished we would have done. But if we, if our goal is, to get new people in the door and this, this, and this, and we see that we got new people in the door, then, Hey, my preferences go away. It doesn't matter at that point because we have a shared goal. Yeah. And then, and then it helps us filter out feedback too. Cause we get, you know, whether it's through Facebook or the website or surveys we do when anybody's giving us feedback and saying like, Oh, I wish you'd do more of this, or you need to do less of this or blah, 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 you know, whatever those things are, you get a chance to filter that and go, okay, is that helpful feedback based on the goal we had for that series? Um, 
no. Okay. We can put that aside. You know what I mean? Like, that's great. Cause this was our goal. You know, we can understand, we can talk to people with a different, with a different mindset and help, help them understand like, Hey, I understand you've got that preference. And I understand that, yes, that is a value that we hold as well. But for this series, this was the goal that we were going for. And that's why we did this element, or that's why we put this into place. And I think it, it helps equip our campus teams um, to be able to have those one-on-one conversations lovingly in a way that also doesn't, you know, doesn't violate our values or throw other people under the bus. Because how many times have you been tempted to be like, well, I don't know, I don't plan those songs. That's so-and-so right in front of, you know, a guest. And it's like, oh man, you just, I got two tire tracks on my back right now. So I didn't, we didn't talk about this, but I want to expound on that a, a little bit, just because I think the team unity piece is really important. Do you have any examples of just how, like how that's been a win for yeah. you guys in the evaluation process, in the planning, how maybe someone wasn't on board right away, but because of the clarified goal, that person came on board? Uh, yeah. So um, we, one of our one of our other other uh, directors on staff who who runs our next steps, she kind of coined this phrase, or I don't know where she came up with it, but she said she said like there's a difference between a win and the best win or, you know, here's, here's, this is a win, but what's the highest win? You know, this is a value. What's the highest value. And I think that when we can kind of get healthy around those things to be able to acknowledge when you're bringing something to me, um, because of what you want to do and we can acknowledge, Oh yeah, that's a win, but that's not the highest win that we're going for here. Um, I'll think of an example traditionally around Christmas and Easter, we will do, um, some sort of on stage, art element where we'll have an artist at all of our campuses do some art piece. Like that's, that's a big thing that people love. And traditionally there's been some sort of like reveal big gotcha. Wow. Where it's actually, everything is upside down. And then the artist turns it around. It's like, Oh, I didn't even know it was Jesus or it's four different pieces put together. And then a black light and it's like, wow, it's the cross. That was amazing. You know? So there's like this reveal. Aha. Well, this past year, we, we did art, but it was not supposed to be the focal point of this element. And so, you know, there was, there was definitely some healthy tension with, uh, some other members of the team because we didn't put it on camera. We put it off to the side of the stage. You know, it it just, it was not the the focal point, the song that we were playing over it, the words of that song, um, it was, uh, Lauren Daigle's, uh, I can't remember what the song is, but anyway, it was that song, uh, the, uh, rescue, I think is what it was called. Anyway, it was like the focal point was those words in the song. So the choice to put those words on screen to feature the song and to put the art over to the side was intentional because the goal was for people to focus on the words. Now we had healthy tension around that. And because of the expectation of people want to see the art in progress And once we clarify that goal of saying, hey, the highest point, the highest value, the highest goal is these words and people understanding the words. And then at the end, seeing the finished and completed artwork that helps to solidify the words, that's what we're going for. Then everybody goes, okay, you know, I may not like it. It may not be my preference, but now I see why we're not putting it on on screen or now I see why we're not focusing on it and it's off to the side. Is that that kind of? Yeah, that's because I mean, as I'm listening to this, it I just think back to when I was on staff and people would ask me a question of why do we do this or why do we do that? And a lot of times I wouldn't have a great answer. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you all, because you think through this and you define what the win is and you define what the greatest win is, your entire team 
becomes advocates at that point. When when it works well. When right. it works well, yeah. <laughs> yes, when it works well. And, and I think that's the other thing is like to go along with this is we recognize the need for it when it doesn't go well. What I, what I love is um, when it doesn't go well or when we're not in the healthiest seasons, what I've heard from our team is like, man, we needed to story brand that series. Uh, and for me, I'm going, okay, like, yeah, win for story brand, but essentially it's a win for clarity to go our, that identifies our team was not all, our team didn't all have the clarity and the same unified vision. Uh, okay, good. You know, or when there's a disagreement between what the central team is creating and what the campus team is pulling off and, you know, there's, there's, there's confusion back and forth. You, uh, you identify, oh, what we needed to do is provide more clarity. So for me as a leader to be able to go, I need to support my team better by helping provide more clarity on the front end so that, like you said, you're equipped at a campus to execute well, to stand in front of our guests and to give a great answer without feeling like you don't know, like, you don't, like you've got to throw anybody under the bus or, or, you just don't know what to do because you got somebody who's in front of you asking questions. So I, I, I love those opportunities to step in and go, okay, that's where we should have provided clarity. Let's make sure we do that better in the future. One of the things that uh, we went to North coast church out in uh, outside of San Diego, California, when I was on staff yeah. and um, got to sit under Larry Osborne and listen to him. And one of the things that he taught that I thought was an incredible concept that kind of shifted my paradigm was he said, clarity is the responsibility of the person who needs it. It's oh. not the responsibility of the person who is leading. It's not the leader's yeah. responsibility to make sure everyone's clear. If you have a question, it's your responsibility to then find the answer. And when he said that, it kind of clicked. Like I'd always assumed that my leaders would know the things I didn't know. Mm. Like they would know the, that I had a question about this or that. But in reality, leaders don't know all the questions that the people they're leading have. Yeah. So one of the things it sounds like what you all do when healthy, when in the right context, is you provide the answers for everyone else so that they can have that clarity and or at least they can know where to look to find it so that they can answer the questions when those come up as opposed to, well, I don't know, Jimmy plans that. Yeah. And then, like you said, throwing Jimmy under the bus. Right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I hope no one on your team's name is Jimmy. <laughs> no, I don't think we have a Jimmy. Um, but you know, we, we had had a guy come in as an author and consultant stuff and, and he's Michael Dauphin is his name. And he's, he has this line that we repeat all the time and that is healthy people ask for what they want. Healthy people ask for what they want. Mature people know what to do with the answer is kind of how we answer it too. So like, it is my job, like Larry Osborne says, it is my job to go, I need to ask for what I, what I want, man. I, Hey, Eric, I need more clarity on what this, what this series is about. And so, and then my job as a leader, you know, I think Andy Stanley says like, you know, healthy teams are, are just relentless on providing clarity for their people. So, but obviously I can't provide clarity around something that I don't know that you need. So there is this, this back and forth when healthy to be able to go, Hey, what is it that, that you need as campuses? What is it that you need as arts directors at your campus or worship leaders to, to do this? Now, how can I pull out all the stops to make sure that you have that? So we've developed a couple of different tools, um, based on, on the needs that, that we have in order to, uh, uh, to equip our people, we send out a series overview uh, at least. We, well, the the goal is ten days before the start of a new series, 
And that includes the artwork, the the big idea or the bottom line for the series, a little bit of the treatment for, you know, a paragraph for what the series is going to be about, the theme verse, any of the taglines we have. And then it breaks it down weekly to who's speaking, um, their key passage, their big idea, and then the next step that they're trying to encourage people to take. There's other announcements and, and other stuff to go along with it that, you know, people need. But essentially, every series, sending that out so it's like, hey, this is to start the series, this this is kind of the, the the brand book or the Bible of the series that you can look back to for that information. Anything that's not there, elevate and ask us, and we're going to try as hard as we can to provide it. Like uh, week one, we have a um, we have a display in the lobby that's going to be uh, the entire book of Philippians. Um, you know, all just on a on a large platform that people can write on or highlight or do their Bible journal art. And so, like, what I'll do is I'll go down there in front of that element when it's set up in our broadcast campus, and I'll record a little video walking people through it, say, hey, this is what you're getting at your campus. This is what we're asking people to do. Here's how we're encouraging. Here's an example. Here's a couple of Instagram links for other people that have done Bible journaling. If you have any questions, feel free to let me know. So when we're doing it right, we try to send that stuff out in advance to over-communicate for clarity. And then when we find out that there's something that didn't quite land or, or was confusing, that's where we'll add that into the resource for the future. I mean, the little quick videos that really just evolved from it being like, Hey, we're getting stuff at our campus. We don't know what to do with it, how to use it. And the instructions are kind of tough. So we just go, great. Everybody's got a video camera in their pocket and in their cell phone. I'm just going to record a quick video telling you what it looks like, showing it to you, walking you through it. That's really good. Um, especially for multi-campus, especially in, when you're having to get a lot of people on board, even a, a small church plant, um, getting your volunteers on board, that would, that's a huge win. So oh, last yeah, thing goes out to our volunteers and our lead pastor on Wednesdays, will send out a video, uh, you know, with some of, you know, just whatever he's, he's needs to get across for the week. That'll go to key volunteers and staff as well. So I would encourage you, even if you're a, you know, smaller church or church plant or a single thing, like not everybody's going to be able to be at the meeting. So, Give a five-minute video from your lead pastor, your vision leader from your church casting and saying, hey, here are the big things to focus on this weekend, or here are the key things to focus on this series. It just helps everybody. Um, at least it takes away the excuses for not knowing, right? Like there's the resource. That's where we could get the, get, get the clarity you need, and you can always go back to it. So you don't feel like I missed it in a meeting or I wasn't there or whatever. So last thing before we get you out of here, because we're already over our time, um, but this has been really great. If you could say one thing for a listener about where they should start, if they're, if they're in the midst of planning hell, where it's just like, we don't get things on time, we don't know what we're doing, blah, 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 blah. What would be the first step into improving their process that you would suggest? It's a great question. So specifically, if you are a service programming person, a communications director, someone who is not the boss, and you're waiting on other people to give you information, because that's kind of the, the world that I live in, um, I would start with questions. Take a time out, start with questions. Because I think a lot of times I walk into situations holding values that aren't universally held. Or I'm advocating for the best, the top, my, you know, my win, and it's not what maybe my lead pastor thinks or, you know, my, my elder board thinks or whatever. So if it's, um, you know, ask them to, to, to articulate 
what they want. So if I'm going, hey, you know, if I have the expectation I need to be, um, I need to be programmed eight weeks out, we'll just say. I'm holding that expectation on me. And if we're getting closer and closer and closer where I'm not getting the information I need to do my job, I take a pause and a timeout and ask and say, hey, boss, hey, lead pastor, hey, whatever. Um, I'm holding the value that I need to be eight weeks out to be healthy for my team and for you. Is that a value I should continue to hold and allow that leader to help you walk through that problem? Because again, healthy people ask for what they want. And so that to me helps you start from the, from the top down. Hey, I'm holding this value that we always hand out, you know, that we're, that we're always passing out message notes every week and they have to be printed and they have to be printed by Wednesday. And I'm not getting my stuff until Tuesday night, you know, whatever that thing is that you're finding tension around, ask a question of your leader, uh, surrounding a value or a preference, because it may turn out that they didn't like, no, or they go, Oh yeah, I didn't know that that was, that that was causing so much tension for your team. Or yes, eventually we want to get to that eight weeks, but for this season, we need to be six weeks, four weeks, three weeks, whatever it looks like. So at least you have clarity, um, in the temporary, maybe not permanent, maybe not moving forward, but start asking those questions on, on high values when you find yourself in tension spots. Man, Eric, this has been really good. Thanks so much for your time. No, thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. That's it for this episode. If you're new with us this season, we have dropped all eight episodes of season three all at one time so that you can begin planning for this fall. This season is all about how churches have actually implemented the story brand process into their church, their marketing, their teaching, their ministries. We wanted you to have it all at one time so that if you were traveling this summer or if you were planning for this fall, you had everything you needed to have a successful launch this fall and moving forward. So you can find all of them on your favorite podcast platform or at solvingproblemspodcast.com. If you want to connect on social media, I am at Jonathan underscore Corona on Instagram and Twitter or Jonathan Corona on Facebook for Kyler. He is at Kyler underscore Nixon on Instagram and Twitter or Kyler Nixon on Facebook. Uh, Remember to subscribe, rate, review. And if you want to talk more about partnering together and transforming your communications, you can find all you need at HireJonathan.com. That's it. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. 